Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to episode 246 of Your Career Podcast. My special guest on Your Career Podcast today is two-time LinkedIn top voice and entrepreneur Martin Stark. He's a leading inspirational speaker and trailblazer who encourages people, teams, and organizations to employ courage as a habit and advises on meaningful inclusion. Featured on CNN, BBC Sport, ABC News, and in The Guardian, Martin is founder and CEO of the not-for-profit World Gay Boxing Championships. The championships aim to increase LGBTQIA participation and lead change in the sport. Martin delivered the world's first boxing competition for the LGBTQIA community and allies in February 2023. Having experienced a number of career transitions, Martin is also a skilled commercial negotiator and social impact expert with 15 years experience as an IT strategic sourcing leader. Now, he was diagnosed with Addison's disease in 2006 after having been placed in two induced comas and living through his worst fear, a tracheotomy. Having undergone more than 70 hospital admissions and four major operations, Martin is passionate about health and well-being. His near-death experiences have driven him to lead the positive changes he wants to see in the world. Now, let's hear how Martin has found his purpose and developed exceptional resilience in this episode 246 of Your Career Podcast. And let's welcome Martin Stark to the show. Hi, Martin. Hi, Jane. Thanks for inviting me to join today. Hi. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where I currently am, the Gamaregal people, pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging, and extending that respect to all Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and First Nations people. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I am very happy that you are on the show today because you are the master storyteller and you've gone through some really tough times in your life as well as some amazingly positive times. And you're the courage champion. You're an international speaker and entrepreneur and the founder of the World Gay Boxing Championships. But what I want to do is to find out how did your career begin? So Martin, if I may, can you tell Tell me about your early career aspirations when you were a child. I think I always wanted to work in a big office for a big company. We grew up in a small town in in Lincolnshire in the UK, and my parents would take us to London a couple of years, a couple of times on the train. We'd get on the Intercity One Two Five, and there was something exciting about being in London and a big city. So I always wanted to be part of that life. Not sure what it was. 
but it was always there. The big city lights and big offices and what they used to call the businessman. That's what I wanted to be. So that's... <laughs> Actually, isn't it funny when we say businessman? It can be anything, can't it? It sounds awfully important when you're little. <laughs> and I grew up in Hong Kong, which was, you know, like bright lights, big city as well. And London was always this very special place that we would go to when we'd be on holidays. And there was just something quite magical about it. And so you wanted to be in business, but I'm not quite sure what. Yeah, and then I, I studied my A-levels, I did a languages degree, I studied French and German. At one stage, I wanted to work in Europe, and then I didn't. And what happened, there was a job for a team manager in a call centre where I grew up, for British Telecom. So that's how I got into the corporate world, is working in my hometown as a call centre manager. And I wanted to live overseas. America is where I wanted to go. But at the time, it was very difficult to get a visa. And I traveled to Australia a few times. And the company I worked for, British Telecom, or BT as it was known, had an office in Sydney. So that my second visit to Australia, where I visited, I used to ring up every week, can you give me a job? Can you give me a job? And I came over on a working holiday visa and they gave me a job. And that's how my started in Australia began. Well, you know, it takes persistence, doesn't it? And sometimes it's the squeaky wheel that get, finally gets heard. And so, you know, so growing up in Lincolnshire in the UK and then you wanted to travel and it's always an exciting thing when you're very young. Once you landed in Australia, how did you find it? I, was, I kept having to pinch myself because it was a dream for such a long time to want to live in Australia and then it's happening. And it's really just starting a new life making new friendships, finding your own home, starting a new life, you know, meeting my husband 21 years ago. So all of those excited things that you think you may have planned for a life in one country, when you move somewhere else, it's such a more exciting dream. It's more daunting, but it's really living a life for you. Yeah. What did you find as the biggest difference between living in the UK as an Englishman and then coming to Australia and, you know, the culture in Australia is so different from in the UK. What was the biggest difference that you noticed? I found Australia more welcoming and I'm a proud Australian now. The the quality of life is is so different. And just the exposure to different cultures. I mean, I grew up in a small town. It's a very welcoming place, but it, it wouldn't be what you would have called multicultural and just being in Sydney and immersed. But just such a beautiful spirit that we have in Australia and they welcome me with open arms. I'm sure that would have happened in the UK where I was filled as that fighting spirit, that community spirit we have in Australia, which has that slight edge over the UK. You know, you know, it's quite funny. You've just reminded me of a, of a story. I'm I'm half Chinese, half English, and my father was from Yorkshire, up north in the UK, <laughs> and he met my mum in Hong Kong and Macau, and they got married. And back in 1952, when they got married, the local paper said, "Local boy marries Chinese woman." Shock horror. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, oh my goodness, what will the children turn out like? Well, like me. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? But in Sydney, you're absolutely right. It's it's very open, multicultural. It's like a mul- melting pot of absolutely every nationality. And it's it's a wonderful place to be. So you joined, um, well, you traveled over to UK and you were with British Telecom, BT. Yeah. And how did your career continue to progress from there? 
So from there, one of the limitations is when you're working for one company and your visa is tied to that company is you have to stay within that company. So I was working on a help desk for about two and a half years. Then I moved into a service delivery role implementing telecommunication services for global companies. And part of that role was actually managing suppliers and so managing Telstra and Optus from an operation perspective. And that's how I really got the bug for procurement. So I became a permanent resident and then had almost a year from work due to illness and then I'm back on the job market. And what do I do? Do I go back to what I was doing or do I decide to really push forward and break out into procurement? And that's what happened. It took me some time, but I landed one role. I looked at my background and they gave me that opportunity. So that's how the procurement career started. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing because strategic sourcing, procurement, that's how your career progressed from Virgin Mobile that you joined and then Westpac and then the University of Sydney. So yeah. you've moved into different uh, industries from technology and telco yeah. to finance and banking and then the yeah. education sector and always in a strategic sourcing role and ever-increasing roles. So congratulations on a fabulous career there. But now here comes the interesting thing. You've had a lot of challenges. You said that you took a year off because of illness. I've been reading up on you a little bit more, Martin, and you've been in a coma. You've had a tracheo... I can't even pronounce it, tracheotomy. (laughs) Tell me if I've I've said it correctly. You've... um, overcome an autoimmune disease and now you are what what you call yourself is the courage champion and champion. you speak about personal courage and overcoming challenges yes and as an international speaker now and entrepreneur tell me how did you get into that just by giving something different a chance i mean in 2006 i had gallstones blocking my liver I ended up having been in two comas, I had a tracheotomy, almost died several times. I'd major surgery, was diagnosed with a rare disease, which has almost killed me several times. I've been in 70 plus hospital admissions, four plus major surgeries, and I've had to navigate and battle with that throughout my career. So that's where the courage and overcoming adversity has come in. I took a bit of a sabbatical at the beginning of 2019. I've been almost 20 years in the corporate world and I wanted a change. So I created a profile on LinkedIn, had no idea what I was doing and just started posting content consistently. And I had some advice, just have a very simple and clear message. That's what I did. First about procurement, then LGBTQ plus rights, speaking up for the community, courage, I spent two years at University of Sydney. Oh, I just I just loved working there. I had one contract in the procurement team. Just to see the difference you make when the students graduate or the first day at university, you know, you're having an impact. And the best culture I've, I've worked in is the University of Sydney Technology Department. Such a, a great CIA, a great leadership team. And I really felt I was making a significant contribution. I think my happiest times in my corporate career with the last two years actually working at the university Mm. and then on the side I was speaking about courage inclusion set up the not-for-profit world gay boxing championships to combat homophobia transphobia in sport I speak out about racism all of that I was interviewed by CNN I've been on ABC News BBC Sport interviewed me and my claim to fame 
is for about two hours on the BBC Sport Boxing website. The story above me was Muhammad Ali. The story below me was Anthony Joshua. So it was like the most famous <laughs> boxer in the world. And Anthony Joshua at the time was the world heavyweight champion. There's Martin Sack, World Game Boxing Championship. So for a few hours, <laughs> I, I went there between the greatest and one of the, you know, the, the best boxers currently in the world. Martin Stark, I hope you took a screenshot of that. I so. did. I, I did. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. I mean, congratulations. That That's really exciting. And you're absolutely right. Working at the university and being there when people are just about to embark on their career and knowing that you were able to make a positive difference for, to them as well. You must have been quite a role model for them. And then now with your World Gay Boxing Championship, that how did you set it up? That must have been a lot of work and you would have needed sponsors. And just tell me, how, how, how did it all begin? So that all began by communicating a vision. It was just an idea, posting content consistently, mainly through LinkedIn and other forms of social media. And that actually attracted the attention of journalists when I started getting interviews. So then I created a not-for-profit, honestly, my corporate skills, and I have an excellent board. So people who've got an excellent professional background, my lawyer, for example, help with the constitution, the registration, other people with operational, financial, strategic experience. So all those procurement skills, the relationship management. And then from that, with the purpose, building relationships with Boxing Australia and Boxing New South Wales have been incredible. Relationships with Mardi Gras, Sydney World Pride, reaching out to the boxing community. And look, it's taken a lot of grunt work for me to, to drive that forward. So any trailblazer... People think it's easy. It's easy for the person after. It's easier for the person afterwards. But for the trailblazer, they're the ones who have to push through. And afterwards, people say, how did you do it? We just had the gumption, the guts, and the relentless to get things there. We think about great people who've achieved in their business careers and they become a CEO or a unicorn. They generally had the gumption to get there and just do it. Mm, and also the vision too you could see yeah. what was possible yes and you thought well if no one else is doing it I'm going to do it so having that passion and purpose but also you mentioned using LinkedIn and also leveraging your network which is so important now we met on a LinkedIn creators yeah. <laughs> so, and I was so inspired by what you were saying that I thought okay we must hear your story on on, on your career podcast as well so LinkedIn is a fantastic platform isn't it to really get your message out to make yeah. connections and to develop genuine authentic connections with people who genuinely um, you can help and they can help you too yes ah oh, significantly just the opportunities that have come my way i use the strategy of attraction marketing i want people to come into me through my content and that's how speaking gigs, opportunities, who I, my network is now. People have more people wanting to connect with me than me reaching out to other people. And it's just opened up a whole wealth of opportunities, but also great friendships. You know, people have been able to speak with events have spoken at virtually during lockdown, mainly come about through me being on LinkedIn and being found there. Mm. 
And you know, you remember a number of years ago, pre-COVID, we met at a LinkedIn local yeah. networking event. And it was all, you know, we, the whole premise of LinkedIn local was you meet online on LinkedIn, but everyone's got their persona. Okay. You've got yeah. your LinkedIn profile you know, and you're putting yourself in a the best possible light. But then taking that connection, once you have connected to someone uh online, taking an offline and meeting face-to-face makes such a difference, doesn't it, when you actually get to eyeball someone? A huge difference. And I'm a big advocate of take those conversations online, offline, meeting somebody for coffee, taking that, that forward. You may apply for a job on LinkedIn, but are you interviewed on LinkedIn? Does your contract come through LinkedIn? Does your email address come through LinkedIn? No, it doesn't. It's that vehicle to connect with the recruitment company or the company wanting to hire you or them approaching you. From there, you expand. And and that's the beauty of the platform and and human behavior. Yeah. You know, interesting, you're talking about attraction marketing, which is so true because one thing that I always like to say to my career coaching clients is don't go chasing for opportunities. Attract the opportunities uh, from your target market. And in order to be able to do that, you need to really showcase what your expertise is. And what would you say, what is your content strategy when um, when you're on LinkedIn? So my content strategy is just very, have a very simple, clear message and post consistently. And that's what you will become known for, respected, and really become a trusted authority. So I'm LinkedIn two-time top voice. Now, I didn't approach people to say, please, I want to be a top voice. I was seen from my content and approach, would you be consider joining us on this list this year? And that's happened to me twice. Had I not been posting content about courage, LGBTQ plus sport, if I've been posting about today I went to the beach Yesterday, I went for a walk with my dog. Today, I'm having coffee with my friends. I may have had the same number of followers and connections. Of, yeah, we'll meet for coffee, but I was known for something. And the expertise came through there. I'll give an example. I thought writing was a weakness. and I, I got a grade C in English. So I, I literally like the base level passed in GCSE English. It's what we needed to get to university. I started writing articles on LinkedIn and a few months later I'm publishing articles for Sourcing Industry Group, their prestigious procurement organisation and I wrote four articles and one of those articles is one of the top read articles in 2020. So what I thought was something I wasn't very good at was actually a strength of mine but I didn't realise that and then people noticed me from my writing. You know, too many people have self-limiting beliefs yeah. <laughs> and they think, oh, I need to be perfect before I can do something. Yeah. But you know, if you don't give it a go, you never really know, do you? And if you've got something to say, like you have such a powerful message, um, you know, because you're an advocate of so many people that if if you've got something to say and you know it's going to help someone, why keep it a secret? You get it out there and then you have your niche and it resonates with people and then they start to follow you and um, send you direct messages or reach out to you to connect. Then you know that you've really touched a nerve and it's making a positive difference. If you think that 5% of people who see your post are either commenting or a reaction, like a like or a love, 
that's what you your direct impact is. If you think it that way, you're you're limiting because ninety five percent of people will not engage or comment, but they will see. And if you're doing that consistently, my procurement background is you know the the customer buying journey, awareness, consideration, decision, retention, advocacy. You need to be aware of something to consider it, and then you make a decision you're going to go for. Now, if you're sitting at home, yes, I run a career management company, but I don't tell anybody or I don't post consistently. I need a career management company. Am I going to come and find you? Maybe. But if you're posting consistently, sharing advice, coming across as the expert, leading with value, oh, I need advice. Jane, I saw her post the other day. I read her article a few weeks ago. Jane is the person who I'm going to reach out to. And this is what everybody needs to do in order to position themselves as an expert in their field, whether you're a job seeker or you're building your business or whether you've got a message and you want everybody to know about the gay boxing world championship as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So now as the CEO of this, that's a lot of work. Okay. And so now you've got skills. You've got your Bachelor of Arts in Literature and Languages, so you're qualified in that area. You've got this amazing sourcing and procurement background. You've worked in technology and banking and education, and now you're an entrepreneur and international speaker. As a CEO, you need many different skill sets in order to make this happen, yes? What would you say are your key strengths that you bring to this role? My courage, Mm. and vision Mm. plus all of the commercial and operational experience also understanding where the gaps are and the relationships to fill those gaps to move things but also to inspire others Mm. Mm. i mean that's what i see it it sounds like all of the experiences you've had since you were a child, you know, in Lincolnshire in the UK, and the challenges you've experienced and the transitions that you've had and the health issues and overcoming everything and moving into a new culture and different country, it's all come full circle, hasn't it? So that you've been able to pull all those experiences together to be the person that you are today. I mean, growing up in the UK, the UK is still very much a class-based system when it comes to wealth, when it comes to power. And one of the key issues when we look at is, is social inequities, never mind, you know, people experience racism, homophobia, and there are people just because of their economic background are denied access to certain schools, certain universities, certain facilities. And it's the people who push through to get to that success, want to make things better for the, the next generation. And really, I think that's what I've, I've, for whatever I've had, I've had to work with. You know, when I've been in a coma, when I'm I'm facing death again, or I've been here before, I've survived. So I have to use what I have to make the best of the situation, but make that situation better. You know, there's a real, sometimes people have a sense of entitlement. So I should have this, but, but why? Because of, and there's the person next to you, I've worked hard for this and I'm getting the benefit from my hard work. Those are the people I want to spend more time with, with a sense of entitlement. I want to be, okay, 
great you have this, celebrate this. What can you do to transfer that privilege to make things better? I fundamentally believe when one person is uplifted, we all grow. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. How do you do it, Martin? How do you tap into that courage when times are really tough? I use a strategy called Courage Bank. There's a, when you go for a job interview, there's a situation, task, action, result, tell me a time when, mm. give me a scenario when. We've all been through experiences, and I use those experiences as a bit of a footprint, as a bit of a reflection point to overcome them. But I've got that, that innate, I've got a strong backbone, and I have that, I'm so resilient. Some things I avoid, I don't want to get involved in. It's just day-to-day politics, culture wars I'm like oh I'm staying away from that because I want to do is make an impact and say this is the problem that exists in society this is how we can solve that you can either be complaining in the corner but you can be getting on with solving the problem you know the leaders are saying this is the way and that's what I want to be doing more of yeah I think I think you're absolutely right try and be or do your best to be the solution to the problems that you've identified yeah. and if you position yourself as a solution to you know whatever it might be within the community or within a business yeah. then then you're going to become the go-to person it sounds like you've developed a high high level of self-reliance and resilience bouncing back when the times times are tough as well and that was hard. That was a very tough life lesson to learn. There have been times when perfectionism was there. If I didn't meet my own standard, I wasn't achieving, even though I was excelling. And that was the turnaround point was with the courage mm-hmm. and yes. being that full time. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know what, done is better than perfect and we'll never be perfect. We're always <laughs> going to be learning and improving and getting better and better every day. And I feel that I'm I'm getting better simply from talking to you. Likewise. It's so interesting to hear your story and I can see why you're a, you're a very successful international speaker too, because your, your manner is warm and welcoming and you're so humble with the way that you deliver your message as well and yet you know that there's 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 this inner strength and obviously courage um, that's there for you to really uh, make an impact and um, instigate change in in this world and I think that's that's just it's it's something that really inspires me as well so Martin what would you say is the key message that you would like to leave our listeners with today so I define courage as taking ownership of fear, venturing forward with confidence and resilience. Mm. Own the fear, move forward. Own the fear and move forward. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know, the fear, I'm just thinking back to when I was a little kid. <laughs> and, and there was, you know, the monster under the bed and you'd be afraid to move. And then when you actually you know, look under the bed and you face your fear um, in the face, you realize, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. And so I, I love that. Thank you for leaving us with such a such a positive message about courage. And I would recommend that everybody follow Martin and all the content that he shares on LinkedIn too, because Martin has so many amazing messages and we've got videos and audios and all sorts of messages from, from Martin on LinkedIn. And so 
Any final words before I say goodbye? I could talk to you all day. Oh, I just wanted to say yeah, <laughs> a, a big thank you. And yeah, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. We'll see each other on LinkedIn too. <laughs> see, see you there. <laughs> Bye now. Thank you, Mark. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.